to another episode of the YNK Podcast. Yeah! Butter my biscuit and call me a dirty slut, because today's guest on the podcast is a big one. His name is Mike. He went to Duke University with Mike, and he's a musician just like Mike. You may think he's cooler than me until he took a pill in Ibiza. Ladies and germs, give it up for Mike Posner, this week on the YNK Podcast. You called me, when, when did you call me? About a month ago? And we talked like randomly for the first time in a long time? Yeah, it's probably about a month. Yeah, and we talked for like three, four hours, like a long time on the FaceTime. And I was just like, wow, it was great to reconnect. But it, it also reminded me of how much I've kind of looked at what you were doing. And when you started to take the spiritual turn, um, I didn't balk at it at all as somebody who's like just known you and been a follower and just loosely known what the hell you were doing all the time. I didn't balk at it at all. I actually was like, it was, yeah, along the, it was, for, for lack of a better word, it was just like inspiring and made sense. And it kind of aligned with like some of the premature early rumblings I already had going on in my spirit of just like, wait, there's more to, there's way more to this. And like, there's way more to the shit that I care about. There's, there's a lot more. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was really sort of my journey was, at 22 or 23, I basically got everything I ever wanted, you know? So I felt like my audience had basically gifted me the opportunity to realize life is not about money, girls, attention, you know, attention from the opposite sex and having everyone else think I was cool because I got all those things around 22 and I realized I felt pretty much exactly the same. And I remember when I, when we were in school together, I remember thinking, oh, I'll just get this record deal and I'll, and everything will be better, you know? I'll be a better guy because I'll be more secure because of success. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just, I felt exact. I didn't feel worse, but I didn't feel better. I just felt exactly the same. And that was very confusing and disillusioning because I thought, if that's not it, then what? And that's really where that turn happened in my life and and where sort of my second chapter, I guess, guess began, you know? I was literally outside of my house saying this to my guys earlier, like that more or less the exact same. Like, I'm kind of, I'm still, I'm at the end of that realization. You know, it's been like a, it's been a process of truly believing that. Like, cause it's not like I've ever been A-list famous. You had, you had things like, you had either, songs, bro. <laughs> but you, but like, like you did, I, you know, I watched your Jay Shetty thing recently and like, I agree and disagree. Like there were, you know, when you get to a certain level and then you're comparing yourselves to like the true A-list fame, like, you know, I'm like friends with Post, who's a guy. Yeah, who's yeah like, you're hanging out with them. Can't go anywhere. You know, I've never, ever experienced that. And I'm thankful as hell. Um, but you know, like you did have at least, uh, before everyone in their door, everyone was making music and could make it anywhere. And before there was thousands and thousands of songs being uploaded daily, you had a, you you know, like some of your earliest stuff fucking had huge breaks. You know what I mean? Like you had the, a song you made at Duke, which I remembered having, I had the acoustic version of Cooler Than Me because I was at Duke and you, you know, I just knew about it. That song went on to be a, you know, 
a very, very popular song, multi-platinum song, I'd imagine. But like, you know, to experience that you had you had a little bit faster, you, uh, I would say a much faster experience of that. And I try to envision how I would be or how I would have reacted if like the first, like I had a miniature version of that. Like one of my one of my songs I made at the end of Duke, like, yeah, it got my foot in the door. It's called College Humor. It was like this little rap, like frat rap song that I just made. And I had a miniature, miniature version of that. Like there was never any like, you know, commercial success. Yeah, but it's the same emotions. You it know is. what I'm saying? Regardless of what oh one song one song has this many views, this one has you you feel the same emotions. You know, mm -hmm. I think exactly. And so I, wanna, does, I don't think I don't think don't invalidate your experience. Oh no, no, no! I'm I'm saying more so that like what you what you arrived at a lot a lot earlier. You know, like when you said, "Hey, like that disillusioned feeling of uh, what the fuck are we doing? You know what, <laughs> I mean? what the fuck am I doing? You know what I mean? I like, bet you probably dealt with it better than me, bro. Because you, you know, the thing I remember about you is. I told us to you last time we talked on the phone. Is you were cool, bro. You're a cool guy. <laughs> I you at Duke, like you know how to talk to girls and stuff like that. Before you did me, you were a cool guy, and, and you're always nice to me too. Yeah. I was a cool guy. I'm a weird guy, bro. <laughs> I, yeah, but I just, I always, uh, I always, I remember, I remember just, I don't know. I was just drawn. I like baseball. When you say I was cool. I remember feeling like I was cool, but I'm not. But you I, were, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but you were. But my point is, when you probably, I think, I think of anything, I probably dealt with it worse when people started like my music because it was so, it was ridiculous to me, man. It was like from zero to a hundred, where I feel like I feel like you were probably, probably just better social person <laughs> than me. Yeah, you can make the you can make the argument. I, I get what you're saying, and I you can you can make that argument for sure. Like, I, I was you know we I was conditioned and like already knew how to like handle girls, and really that was like my sport off off the field. My second sport was like all hunting. you baseball dudes, man. Freaking Will Courier, <laughs> yeah, Will, big dude? Will. He yeah, across the hall for me freshman year, I was looking at him and girls going in and out of his room every night. Good yeah. lord, man. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have blown up his spot, bro. We should take that up. Nah, he's good. I, I'm probably like, married. He's big probably Bill. Kids now. He's actually not. I spoke to him fairly, fairly recently. I spoke oh, to him. Is he like Texas? Him. Yeah. Yeah. I call him, bro. I think yeah. I tried to call him. I thought about him when I was walking across America. I think I tried, called him. I can't remember. He didn't That's pick amazing. up the. My That's number amazing. changed too. Yeah, he's uh, he was one. He was a good buddy of mine. Like we. Thinking back to the baseball days, like, it's hard for me, like, when you said, like, oh, you, you know, you, you were cool. Like, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know if this is a rarity or not. I don't, I don't, it's hard for me to, like, put myself back in that, in that headspace or, like, how I really was thinking, like, day to day. I was really just thinking about, like, practice. Oh, I got to do this so I can, I got to do this schoolwork. I don't give a fuck about but that's fine because it's part of competing and like I have to be eligible and, you know, um, and the whole time was just like, I have to be good enough at baseball to get drafted, to get, get money, to, you know, be secure. But also like, it was the only, it was the only goal or vision I ever had my entire life. Like 
there was nothing outside of that. The girls and shit, that was fun. And that was, that was part of uh, the rah-rah of being like an athlete and shit for me. But there was just this individual goal that was in its own, on its own pedestal with nothing else. All my happiness and all of uh, like all of the luxuries of life were accompanied with a, with arriving at that goal, you know. Like and and I have it's as much as like cool. I could have been transitioned pretty well into like having more attention. This has been a long journey for me. Like it's been a three or four. Like actually, let's call it three years of like arriving on like what the fuck, like, what the fuck am I doing? You know what I mean? Like a lot of my values needed a huge shift, you know, like, and, and I've, I've arrived at that only just through like doing this for a while and like chasing this for a while and then just going through things. And like, I didn't really go through things as an athlete. All I was just a jock, you know, like I didn't, didn't have tons of emotions or like, you know, it was, so when I think back about that cool guy, you know, like it was, it's hard for me to even think about it. I just know I was having fun, but I was this everything was about that getting to that getting drafted, you know, and going and doing that. And now this man that you look at, like I look back at that, I'm like, thank how stupid. You know, like I <laughs> like yeah, bro. You know? Um And that's how it should be, man. I think yeah. I think if at any point I look back ten years, you look back ten years. We should think, wow, I was an idiot, you know? Yeah. There should be some growth happening, you know, yeah. especially in that long time. Yeah. Period. You've been a dude who have, you've transformed a lot. Um, and now when I look at you, you don't really, like, you just look like a young, you look like a healthy, happy version of the kid I knew at Duke. You know, like, you've, you, you've gone through, there's been public transformation, which is transforming and growing as a human being is challenging enough, never mind doing it in front of people you think people are watching and judging you um and like the ego of that and thinking how you know how a lot of a lot of what we do being is being popular so you can make good music but if the people don't like you and want to follow you and shit then your worth your worth is less your value as a business your value to even to yourself like i you know, part of this transformation. I'm just just realizing that how fucking dependent I am on validation of, you know, or how dependent I was on the validation through my craft or this entire journey, why I've worked so hard and we've we've done it, we've done well. We've done it independently and done well the whole time. But the driving force of it was like one, survival, taking care of my family and friends, but two, look at me, I can do this shit. You know what I'm saying? And a big driving force is as like realizing like, oh, a lot of people on a wider scale aren't even aware of me or they don't think I'm good enough. So I'm going to go on and do this, you know, and realizing that has been a big part of what we were just saying. What are we doing? You know, like I love making music and I love I love doing all this shit. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the values they stood upon, all those like the values they were perched upon like weren't the right ones. And I, it's taken, you know, I'm 30, I had to get into my thirties to even get close to arriving to that. And we're kind of here now. You did it at what age you said? Like you were around 23 or 24. Well, first of all, I won't say I did it because all of these <laughs> things you're describing are still present inside me. Right. 100%. 
you know, I think I started to become aware and explore, yeah, around, yeah, maybe around 22, just sticking my foot in the door. And then really around 24 was when I, I first failed. So. What was that failure? Well, I, I basically, you know, like you, the song you mentioned earlier that I did in my dorm at Duke was cooler to me. It started to spread. Then after junior year, I did a record deal. And the year I left college was, we're the same year, right? 2010? Yeah. 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 So the year we, we left college, that song blew up. And it would, like you said earlier, it's this big hit song. I'm going around the world, I'm taking my shirt off at shows, I'm, you know, the whole thing. And the next song that came out was a song called Please Don't Go. And mind you, this is my first single. So I'm thinking, this is what happens when I put out singles, you know? They just, they're huge. Mm -hmm. Arizona, nah, man, like, don't, you know, this is special, you know, appreciate this. This might never happen again. I'm like, what's the chances of it happening once? You know, like, I'm one for one. I'm, I'm batting a thousand, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Anyway, so the second song comes out, song Please Go. It's also a platinum song, but not as big, not even close. And my third song was a song with Lil Wayne called Bow Chicka Wow Wow. Yep. And it was it was the smallest of the three. And basically shit was trend, just trending down. Right. And it basically got to the point where my label shelved me. I was on RCA and I the way I had positioned myself for whatever reason, they they just couldn't justify spending the marketing dollars, whatever. So, you know, I was making these albums, I had great albums was working with Pharrell and J. Cole and and uh I basically made two albums never came out. One was called Sky High, one was called uh Pages. And I basically was got back to my house, you know, after after being on this roller coaster ride, you know, going all over the world, playing all these shows, making all this money, hooking with all these girls, uh, and I'm just back at home and it just it 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 was over. My calendar was empty, and I was just sitting there with nothing to do, and, and I'm thinking, what, what am I supposed to do now? And I decided in that time, you know, first of all, it was very uncomfortable for me because I got used to being popular. I got used to being the guy. I used to all those things. That's who I was to myself, and all of a sudden, Though I wasn't those things anymore. So it was a disconnect between who I thought I was and who I actually was, you know? Mm. And I had to figure out, okay, who is Mike? If, you, if you're not Mr. Popular, if you're not on the charts, who, who are you now? And I basically decided, man, like you said, I still love making music, you know? So I got a lot of time now. Maybe I should just, you know, maybe I should just try to use this time to get better at that. At the time, I made beats and I rapped since I was eight. Yeah. I basically started singing, you know, in at Duke, but I didn't really know how to sing. Yeah, me, so I took that time. I, I started just getting better. I learned to play guitar. I learned to sing. I learned to play piano, and eventually, I wrote I wrote my next hit song, which was about that. It was about I took a pill in Ibiza. Was was about the wave crashing. 
you know, failing. It was about, you know, I'm just a singer who already blew a shot, you know. Mm -hmm. Love this song, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so and then, ironically, this song got really popular and I basically had a second wave. And this is when I realized, oh, this is what my job is. I have waves in my you know, what you said is true. The more popular you are, probably the more money you make, the more your business is worth, etc. But I didn't really become an artist until that, after that failure. And, and when people ask what I do, I say artists. And, and that word is important to me because the artist's job is actually, is, is to ride all of these things these waves these ups and downs understand their business but not actually give a fuck and um that's why i think our job is to create what the art we want to exist in the world period it's very simple so I, when i sit down i got my little setup here you know i'm just trying to make what i think is cool period i'm not thinking about you I don't think about my manager. I don't think about my fans. None of that. Right. I'm trying to create something that for me, sometimes when I make the shit and, or when it, when it comes through me, it tears through the fabric of normal everyday life and reveals something beautiful. And all of us know what that means. I know you know what that means because you're a musician. You have the experience of listening to a song and it just is, it's a transcendent experience. Like it really, it helped you through something or it, it you know, it, it's powerful. And, I, and, you've, and you've had people come up to you and say, your music done the same thing. And you actually know what they're talking about because you had that experience with other people's music. And so that's art, man. That's an artist's job. You know, we create something that, that makes life worth living, you know, that cuts through the bullshit. Like, like all the stuff we're talking about trying to find in ourselves, in our lives, our music, if we do it well, can do that for somebody else. And that's what it's about. That's what, that's what being an artist is about. And I didn't really become an artist till that, that failure. So I go through things in my life and I have to, like you say, you got to run a business, all the stuff we, I do too. But when it comes down to making this stuff, I feel like that's my job. I go to the fringe of society. What's it like if I what, what's it like if I do this with my life? You know, what's it like if I don't if I don't what's it like if I go to this monastery and I don't see another human for 12 days? What happens then? What happens, if I eat? what happens if I walk across America? Okay, let me try all this stuff and report back what I find. And that's basically what I think my job is, you know. And You're doing a good job of it, right. sir. It took a little while to get to that. And I feel like my audience has gifted me that opportunity, you know, Absolutely. because if I was, you know, if I, I was worrying about my next meal, I couldn't do do all that stuff, you know. So they basically gave gave me money, right. you know, my listeners and said, go the figure some of, shit out. The, the gift us, of exploration, yeah. Absolutely. I feel that way, bro. I feel like I feel like I'm in the middle of that, you know? And what I said earlier about like kind of just looking your way a little bit as to like just tap into 
what the steps of this journey could look like and my my steps look different you know but they're 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 standing on a lot of the same things um you talk about that gift of exploration that your fans give you and i don't know if anyone's not anyone but in the realm of this generation and then like thinking about artists or entertainers I'm not sure anyone's doing that as as freely or as well as you. And I'm just, I'm not even here. This isn't to puff you up. It's it's just like one of my biggest underlying questions to you was going, was, was about this. And it's just like, I don't know. Like, I, I've been talking about going on a retreat, a silent retreat for like two years. I haven't done it yet. I'm going to do it. Um, to be able to go on the journeys you've gone. Um, and I think I got a little bit of the answer and how you set it up, but to go walk across the country um, or to go to a monastery um, or to just devote yourself to some of the things you've done and the time it takes. Um, how have you, what were the, like, I personally, I'm putting myself in your shoes. Like it's one of the first things I thought about when you're doing that. I was like, that's so dope that he's fucking down to go do that. Like, in the sense of being a young guy who has, yes, you could say that you were more famous or you were trending down. Like you, you've had, you've had a ultimate success in like a 0.0001 percentile type of way. You know, just to be able to be a musician, acquire fame, success, millions of dollars, be on stage, people scream your name. There's just, there's just such a, a fraction of the amount of people on the earth that can even relate to that for sure bro. you know but to then say you know what i'm gonna go fucking walk across the country and i've heard you give an answer like some of the reasonings i just i, I want you i want to i want to hear your take on this more than anything it's just like how were you able to get your mind to rest in the sense of i'm gonna do this it's gonna take a long time in the form in the modern outlook of productivity this isn't going to be very productive. I'm not going to work, you know, like there's no business building aspect to this. It's simply for me and my, it's simply for me and my human experience and to make that decision and go do that. I mean, I just want you to touch on it and I'm sure the answer will come out through it, but just like, what was that experience and, and, and the arrival at that? And, and then throughout that experience, how did you keep your mind quiet or at least keep yourself, I know you read The Power of Now a bunch, staying in that now and like those each step, like it's just such a symbolic journey of like the steps, it's one foot after the other to go. And it was really like, I, I understood what you were doing with it, but I wanted, to know, I wanted to know more about how you made that decision and how you got through it. Because I can imagine as a, you're a thinker, you know, and I know you, you spent a lot of time on yeah. the power of the mind and, and thoughts. And, and I just, I'd love to know more about that. Well, yeah, first of all, I, I don't really know why I wanted to do the walk so bad. I heard about someone else doing it. And I think about 10 to 15 people do it every year. And I didn't know it was possible, you know, same way you're talking about, you seen the like me doing that, whatever. I just think, you know, you hear about someone, and you go, oh, you could do that. You know, it's like, right when I heard someone, I go, I want to do that, you know, but 
I, I, I contextualize it very similar to how I would any album, you know, it might be my best album, My Walk Across America. I, I think it's a piece of art, you know, that is a beautiful thing to do. And so that's maybe a little bit why I was attracted to it, but honestly, it 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 was a very slow and difficult process to actually start. A lot like you were explaining at the beginning of our conversation about moving out of LA. Um I wanted to do it for maybe four or five years. And to walk across America strategically, the best way is to start at the end of winter, the beginning of spring. And that way you can finish before winter starts. So basically get the whole thing in without winter. Mm-hmm. There's no real great place to be in winter. <laughs> and um, every spring, something would come up. Oh, I'm not done with the album. You know, I got, I, I am done with the album. I got to go on tour. I'm done with the tour. I got to do another album. You know, it was like, there was always something in the way. Right. And, yeah. and there was, you're also absolutely right. It was a horrible business decision. You know, it's like, I had just put album out and I told my team, you know, I'm going to do this walk. And they're like, dude, we're not going to make any money. You know, it's like, they get paid while I get paid, you know? So we're, you know, you're not going to play any shows. You're not going to do sponsors because I didn't want to do sponsors. I thought it was sleazy. You know, I was just going to do the walk. And so it was like, no, no one, no one ever said, Hey, you know, this is a great time to do this. Or like, you know, this, this really fits in well this year. So you really had to just, like you were saying about moving, you really just had to decide, hey, you know, I'm the only one that's, that's, that has to live this life. I'm the only one that got to be in this body. And I know it's something I, I have to do before I die. And the other thing that happened really was, was when Avicii died, man. Avicii died that summer. And I was like, man, I can't, I can't, I can't fucking put this off another year. You know, this is my life. This is my life right now. And I don't know how long it's going to last. You know, obviously I try to eat well and, right. and be healthy and whatnot. So, but none of this shit's promised. You know, it's like, you walk outside we're going like, to die. Yeah. You know, we're going to die. It's people like, <laughs> you know, how do you say this? It's like, just remember, I'm going to die, you know? And I can either do this. This is something that could happen while I'm still living or not. And that's that's my decision. And so I made the decision to make it happen. And I don't want to. I don't want to act like it was an easy decision or or that I wasn't scared either. I was freaking out. But basically, you know, I was in LA and we walked east to west. So we drove to New Jersey, and that whole drive. Was in, I'm even freaking out now remembering this. We're driving so long, man. We drove like a week to get to us. I'm just looking out the window like, fuck. I, like, I, like I'm, yeah. I don't think I'm going to be able to do this, you know? Or, like, so I, you had, I just you had, had no idea if I could make it or not, you know? You had and there's no way to know unless you, unless you try. 
there's no practice. You can't really build up to it or, you know, it's like you could be in good shape. But so I was really scared, man. I was really scared. And I just, as you know, I'm, I suspect it's, it's a lot of good things on the other side of fear, you know. And so one of the things I, I went to was, was playing shows. Cause I don't know about you, but I get super, I get nervous for every show. And when I first started out, I would get nervous, and I would think, "Oh, you know, a real pro wouldn't be nervous now." And then I would spiral out, and I'd do not a great job. And then as I as I kept performing more and more, I realized, okay, all pros feel this. And some people are able to be with the feeling and then do their best anyways or do a good job anyways. So I went to that when I was starting my walk. I go, okay, I'm nervous. I'm scared. Got it. Thank you. But I'm still going to go. I'm going to walk this first day tomorrow. I'm, I'm only walking eight miles on my first day. And that's all I have to do. So it's like step one, take one step. And just did that. And then try not to do any math because that's you know, <laughs> way less than 1% of, of the journey. You know? It's like almost 3,000 miles and eight is, I don't know what percentage, but it's less than one. You know? So it's just like show up the, ne- the next day, no matter what. And the walk was a lot different than I thought it was going to be. You didn't ask me this, but I'm kind of oh, no, How so? How so? But I thought when I went on the walk, it would be sort of a very flowery, heartwarming. Oh, I need some nice people. I'm going to spend four days with you guys, man. Let me see what you're all about, all this stuff. But in actuality, I walked a few weeks and then we started looking at the maps and everything. And it's like, hey, uh, you you got to get over these rocky mountains before it gets cold. You know, you got to get over those. And so in actuality, my walk was a practice and discipline and just showing up every day, waking up, you know, and it's hot walking through the summer. So you got to get up early, you know, unless you want to walk through this heat. So, you know, just getting up at four every day, walking at five and getting those miles in. And and you feel sad, and almost no days do you wake up and go, yes, I want to walk. It's ne- you know, it's never that. It's it's that's what I want to get in. That's what I want to get into. And you go, I want to sleep more, but you get up and do it anyways because you made a commitment, and that's what a commitment is about. You know, going in, there's going to be moments where I don't want to do this, but I'm going to commit before, and I'm going to show up anyways, even when I don't feel good. So I say I don't know people who feel good all the time or are happy all the time, but I know people who show up no matter how they feel, you know, and I want to be one of those people. I, I'm fucking jealous. Jealous isn't the right word, but I'm jealous of your, your decision to do it. And, and then just to have that, that notch on your belt is something that part of me feels like I am missing because I've had this life of like, lucky breaks in a lot of ways you know i know exactly how you feel man yeah and i i haven't really jumped in front of like 
you could argue that everything we're doing is a challenge and like, you know, doing climbing this bad, this hill is a challenge, but it's proverbial, you know, like to leave a life. Cause I know the life you're, you left when you took that drive to go start walking is like, you wake up when you want, you eat what you eat, what you want. You make, you make the music you want. You do it when you want. And if you want to have sex with a random girl, you could do that if you want to, you know, and, and if you want to drink or you want to smoke or you want to do anything, you can do it when you want, how you want, if you want to then make the decision yourself where no one told you to do this. It was actually ill-advised technically, technically, um, and go do that. There's just so much wisdom, experiential wisdom that you gained. Like the guy that arrives, you know, when you made, you took your final step of that walk and then for the days that have passed. And I'd, I'd love to hear, how, you know, if you agree or what it really has been, but I would presume, you know, being a bit removed from it now, you could look back and just be like, that's just, it's just such a notch on your belt as a man to be able to, as an adult and a man in a very non-adult, we're kind of in a non-adult industry, like age doesn't matter. And there's no the societal constructs are like, oh man, you're 30. I don't know if you should be drinking or like maybe you should, you know, find someone and settle down instead of promiscuous young models. You know what I'm saying? But to make that decision yourself and then execute it and do it and like walk through the sadness. I wanted to get into a lot of like being sad on that walk. Like I woke up today kind of sad. I don't know why. And then I listened to some Jay Shetty. Uh, have you read his new book yet? No. Think like a monk. Should I? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're again, I'm, you're further along in a lot of this. Like I know, I know that um, you sat down and talked to the guy for a few hours, but I could just tell from that conversation, like you were right in the thick of a, you know, like you're in the thick of it in the sense of like figuring out what the, what this all is, you know? And like, yeah, well, he was you, fun to talk to. Cause he like, I'm sure you found out he was a monk and stuff. Yeah. And so I had, he was interviewing me, but I think you said, you were I was interviewing him. Interviewing him. <laughs> were you like, cause it looked like, you, it looked like you were thinking about maybe being a monk in that interview. <laughs> I think about that all the time, bro. Do you? Yeah. yeah. Um, right back with you never know you know what i mean right after this urination break what's up you dirty sluts john kilmer here with a fantastic new product now it is officially ass pounding season everyone's getting sick in the cold weather and and we're all getting liquored up for the holidays vicious hangovers you only need one product to get you through this, this ass-pounding season, and that's our friends at Liquid IV's Hydration Multiplier Plus Immunity. Now, I've been taking the Hydration Multiplier for months now. Uh, it comes in this fantastic packaging. You have a little powder packet. You mix into one bottle of water, and it's the equivalent hydration of two to three bottles of water, and it is fantastic for any hangover uh, before and after workouts. Now they have the Immunity Support Drink Mix, it's got your vitamin C, your vitamin D, your uh, your zinc, all that stuff to keep you in tip-top shape. So let's get through ass-pounding season together. We have a tremendous offer for you today. Go to liquidiv.com and use promo code YNK at checkout. You're going to get 25% off 
your entire order. Wow, what a tremendous deal. That's liquidiv.com. Use promo code YNK at checkout, 25% off your entire order. Tell them Steve sent you. John Kilmer here with another fantastic new product. Now this product and this brand should not be foreign to you if you're a man who likes to fuck on the weekends. A true fucking man. And of course I'm talking about Manscaped. Now, these days you gotta be shaving your dick and balls. It's a must. If a girl tells you she likes the guy who's hairy down there, she's fucking lying. She's a liar. She's a gosh darn liar. Now, Manscaped has come up with so many fantastic products to shave your dick, your balls, your chesticles, your testicles, your and now they have the weed whacker, which is a little thing you, sh- you shave your in your n- nostrils because no one likes a bunch of hair growing out of your nose. That's gross, dude. And of course, my favorite, which I've been using for a long time, the Lawnmower 3.0. Uh, I mean, this thing, I'm talking no nicks. I've been, I've been nicking my balls since 98, and ever since I got this Lawnmower 3.0, it's just, it's been smooth sailing, fellas. So we have a fantastic offer for you. Uh, go to manscaped.com and use promo code YNK. You're going to get 20% off your entire order. Sorry, I was just choking a little there. Let me say that one more time. It's manscaped.com. Use promo code YNK and get 20% off your entire order. You will not regret it. Let's get fucking. No, there, there's aspects of what, you, what you've done and these decisions you've made that, that mirror that. Um, and there, there's just, uh, it's, it's an interesting fucking thing. But it's like, it does, you said something earlier I really resonated with, like your second life. And I feel like, I feel like even though I didn't get it or couldn't relate, I could tell what you were doing. And I, when I said I never balked at it, very picture term of me, uh, I never balked at it. I was just, cause I could, it was like, I knew what you were doing, even though I didn't know that yet. You know what I mean? I wasn't even there or like interested in the stuff really. I was just like, I know what he's doing you know, and, and it's dope and it's dope to see. And it's like, it's. Jealousy isn't the right word. I was just like, almost like, it was ad, it was admirable. Like I knew what the hell was going. I knew what you were, what you were going for on that walk for. Even just the avenues you were going down, the books you were reading, and and the things you were exploring um, was something. And I'm I'm really fucking following that path. Really, like I I become very most of our conversation in this house. <laughs> we laugh like pe- people would be shocked at what they think I'm talking about. They probably think I'm like chugging beers i mean we do chug beers but like they'd probably think we're doing that and like thinking about who's going to come over later and what party but it's like no a lot of a lot of this has given me an invigorating feeling towards life and not to say that i'm happy every day i woke up sad for no reason today that's part of life man. yeah yeah and 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 realizing that realizing that has been nice because i i remember when i when i first started went through a sadness of of loss um, I was a little ashamed of feeling sad because I know how lucky my life has been. Um, just realizing as I've gotten older, like, hey, this this is part of it, you know? And like, there's actually a ton of teaching moments in it. Um, probably the most teaching moments in sadness. So it's it's been really fucking cool. But like, again, we're we're right in the thick of it. You know, I'm I'm really just starting to enjoy this a lot. Like, and I feel like an you know there, there's a lot more life to be lived like I was I was in the studio last night playing music for for these like big managers I have no manager nothing I'm completely you know I've, I've 
we've done this pretty interestingly. It's been a rare route we've taken. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't really by choice. It was kind of like by necessity because I had good intuition at least to know like these labels, they, they weren't fucking with me really. You know what I mean? Like I knew that I could be shelved or like they're just fucking with it because it's kind of yeah, hot. Dude, you did. You you kill. I, I want to talk to you more off the record. And we actually had a call one time. We did. We I think one of us went through a dead zone or something. But yeah, I'm, I'm actually... You you give give me a lot of compliments in the conversation, like oh man, you farther along, and I don't really look at it that way. I think maybe in some aspects of life, but there's other ones too that I'm sure that I think you're further along too, you know. And I think how you structure your business and all that stuff, man, like it's amazing. Thank you. And whenever we talk about you know artists getting getting, um, yeah, you know, taken advantage of by labels, not you. Yeah, you know, and the way you, yeah, you. I mean, you explained a little bit to me about how you structured it with with your boys and how you guys run it. And I looked at, I, I remember being in that conversation feeling the same way. Like, man, you're you're further along in that. Like, I gotta figure out how I can restructure some stuff. Yeah, know? like I can't take really. Like I, I just said, I like it, it. Part of it's it's more about executing. We executed it and went after it well after assessing the situation properly. Now, what I mean by that is like, it wasn't like, you know what? I know this business inside and out and you labels are no good. I see this. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. It was like, it was like, uh, for a while I yearned for that. All I kind of had to do it or it wasn't going to happen. Exactly. I yearned, I yearned for it for a while, though, for like a few years as I got popular a little bit. Like, when are the labels going to, are the labels seeing this? You know, like, are we going to get, can we get more? When are you gonna, the labels going to come take 85% of my money? I need someone to come take the lion's share of my business <laughs> in exchange for potential more fame but and I attention. But I get it because, like, you know, the industry's changed so much. So the way you do it, honestly, probably couldn't have been done 15 exactly. years ago. Exactly. You know? And have. so the other thing is, you know, getting to tell your mom you that you've got a record deal is a big deal or your friends because it is a validation that, hey, uh, I'm not crazy, you know? Absolutely. When you start music, everyone thinks you're crazy. Absolutely. You know? And Dude. so that, I get that, why you but, wanted that. And it makes a lot of sense, you know, but spot on. it You're doesn't spot. make business. It doesn't make business sense for anyone, really. It doesn't. It doesn't. But what I like, yeah, like I appreciate that compliment. And I, I, I and I appreciate. I I'm, need someone to come take the lion's share. Of come take the lion's share of everything I put my heart and soul into, please. <laughs> please, for self-validation and external validation, please come take all my money. Um, no, I. uh Dude, I, I, the, the music industry is fucking completely transformed since even when I started, I've been making, you know, I've been doing it for eight years now making music. The fucking thing's completely transformed. You know, same, same you, from your perspective, even more so you were ahead, but like, dude, you were one of the first kids making shit in their dorm. Now everyone's doing that. Yeah. Like you're like one of the fathers of that. Really? Like you were just like in I'm your sure dorm. I'm sure people were making stuff in their dorm. I was just putting but it, it was, online. But it was, like, and it turned yeah, into but, something. Yeah, but it turned into sure. a business, bro. Like it. Thank you, sir. It turned into a business, an unbelievable multi-million dollar business that you started. And you know, when I, 
it was really fucking uh it was really inspiring is the word because i because i remember dude I, my first hardship ever in life was my my arm failing all like very randomly i was very good at baseball like even at duke i was having more hey, was that that was after duke no no, that was at Duke. So, dude, when I, I so like even when you met me, I, when when were we in that sociology class? When was that? I was, I was thinking about that today, bro. We were partners. We were, oh, we were partners on a. We were partners, I like think, on a project. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. me and him. Um, I think I think we had met before that, but I think that was 08, which would have made us juniors. So, because I was, the reason I remember that, I was thinking about that today, was. I remember the election happened during that class. I remember it was all about surveys and polls and stuff. You were you were a better student than I was, sir. I have no idea what the fuck we I were studying. I remember the election. So that 08, we got there 06, right? So 07 would have been, we were sophomore 08. We might have oh, been juniors, man. 07, 07. I graduated 06. So 07 was my first year, I believe. When did you graduate? What no, because you graduated the spring of 06, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start the fall. Yeah, so yeah. In the fall, and the elections are in the fall first. You're right. So I must have been fall away. We're probably juniors. So, dude, I was in, I was in the mud then. So freshman. I remember you, you were so nice. Where you were soft spoken. You had a quiet voice. Yeah, I always did. Soft spoken. Oh, I always kind. did. You used to get made fun of in the locker room for it, but it's fine. It's either here nor there. <laughs> um, dude, I, uh, I was in the mud. I was, um, we did a fucking social project together. Do you man. remember what it was about? Dude, nobody knows that, man. I know. Me and, and you. And like, I, it wasn't like we were in a group. It was just together, me and you. And we were in a group together and we did a sociology project. I remember. So like, I didn't party with other people at all outside of the, like baseball. We were such a, like our own fraternity. Like, but I remember having a night with you where we went to, a formal the, the girl like your girl that invited you to one of her formal like oh my gosh we, we pre-gamed and shit and i was like yo dude your music's dope man love it you know like <laughs> whatever the fuck what, i was probably wearing a button up and a fucking who knows but um what formal was it i don't know it was like i was dating a girl there poor girl ah fuck what a sweetheart sweetheart of a girl but like just had like what a, she got such a shitty version of me then <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just had no but idea. But the I was crazy doing. thing is, you didn't you didn't do music at no, all. No, and no. you started music, and then you were doing it professionally almost immediately. Yeah, it was that's weird. that is unheard of, man. I, I tell people all the time. I'm sure you always get asked. You know, how do I start doing this? How do I break in? Whatever. And for me, you know, I started when I was eight. So when I got my break, I've been doing it twelve years already you know wow and nobody really gave a tremendous amount of a fuck about anything i made until i made cool you know i was just stumbled upon just doing stuff for a long time though man and so whenever these people you know young people ask how do i get into the thing i'm like i always tell them you know you have to make a lot of music and get really good you know and then everything will just kind of come easier but there's always a, I'm always giving that advice to have this asterisk in my mind. Not that you're not good, you're good, but you just got good and and I, did it. I wasn't that good, bro. Right. You, but you did it faster than anyone I've ever heard of in my life. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, like I have no fucking idea how it happened. Um, 
I, it's incredible. No idea how it happened. What I will say is like, there's a little bit of a lie that's developed in my head from telling this story. And I was just kind of thinking about that. Like, ever, like I always tell people like, yeah, but I was an all-American baseball player. So like those fans that I had from baseball, like, or just the idea or the fact that I was a baseball player and was, having, was good at it, you know, like just that fact helped catapult it along, which it did. It did because like it was super rare. It was super rare for like a baseball player to rap and have it be okay. You know, like, and then, and there was also just like, it was rare and very unique. Like I was just very rash and like just talking about college and like, that was that, you know? But like, I, I can't credit, like I didn't have, Steve, no, no. He's about to unplug it again. No, <laughs> get out the way. Bring in Steve. <laughs> I want him here, but he's fucking keeps unplugging me. It's okay, Steve. He thinks he's in trouble now. Um, I don't know why the fuck it happened. I, I, I don't know. I just, I think a lot, reflecting a lot on it, I, I, I believe that I was, I was, I'll believe, I'll say this. I was very optimistic as a, even when I was like, you met me and you're like, oh, you're always really nice. Like I was really going through it then, but I had my arm was just like failing and that was the only thing I had my whole life. Like I was just a great pitcher. What happened to it? So I had, I had, you probably can't see it on there. I got a big scar there, but I had Tommy John surgery, which is a reconstructive surgery. Yeah. But there's, there's a certain level of optimism that came with it. Uh, another call. It's all good. All right. No, I was turning my brightness up. Gave shit together over there. I see your there. scars, bro. <laughs> yeah. You might be able to, can you see it? Yeah. A Whatever. little bit. Yeah, no. I, I mean, just, I can't tell if that's just a that's just a yoked out vein or a scar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been a long time. It's it's hidden amongst the veins. I'm gonna start doing. Hey, can you did you see my scar? I was gonna I was gonna say you got you from what the guy I knew at college, you got a lot. You got a lot bigger. You got a lot more in shape. You were like you were just kind of like a skinny dude. Like didn't I don't think you worked out at all, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. But my point of this is, like, I think reflecting on it, like, the baseball shit, like, yeah, you know, it definitely made the story cooler. And I think it also allowed me to create a niche fan base. So, like, all the baseball players liked it. I was their guy, you know? But I think there was a certain optimism by me, and I was rewarded for just jumping into this. I didn't, I didn't care about what anyone thought. At that time, I was so, like, I was just youthful, and I was, like, for whatever reason, I was really optimistic. I was like, oh, I can do this. And I think you're part of that. I think you're a part of that. I think guys like, I was unaware of the, you know, internet music scene. You made me kind of aware of it. And then, I don't know, I just got drawn to a little and I saw like guys like Mac Miller, um, who were yeah. just like kids walking around their neighborhood shooting like simple videos and rapping and it was working and shit. And I was like, oh, I think I could do this, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think I was rewarded by the fucking universe in the sense of like, hey, man, like, you know, that beginner's luck tale they tell, like, where if you're jumping into thing with optimism and for the right reasons, with the right intentions, um, you'll be rewarded. That beginner's luck might fade. It sounds like you had a, like you, you were working for a long time before you got your break, but you're also one of your first songs that like ever had any steam went all the way. You know what I mean? So you had some beginner's luck aspects as well, but like, I definitely feel like I had a lot of that, but like, dude, I, you know, I, I was, you're so much like, I, even now I've been making music for eight or nine years. 
I'm just now feeling like I'm like, I know what the hell I'm doing. You know? Dude, it never ends. That's the cool thing about music, you know? I still want to go. I want to go to Berkeley. You know what I do? You know Berkeley School of Music? I want to go yeah. there and teach songwriting and take music theory at the same time. Because it's so much. It's just so much to learn. I, mean, I had a guitar lesson today where I was learning. Just learning so much. And you. Wow. I think about the early music, you know, and it's like, okay, I was doing paintings with just blue and white you know and as you practice and you learn like you said now you got some more colors on your palette you can put different colors in your pictures and stuff and it just it's never ending you know and it's really beautiful but one thing you touch on, i want to say is i really believe in some version of the law of attraction totally. basically being you get what you think about so if you if you think about I'm gonna do music and and it's gonna work, I think you're gonna get that. I believe. But it, if bro. you go into it thinking this probably isn't gonna work, you're gonna get that. You're gonna get this probably isn't gonna work. And I had the same experience. You know, it's the, the inspiration thing is is cool because it's not like I was just inspiring. You know, it's not like for me it came out of nowhere. I got mine from Big Sean. You know, so I interned yeah. at this radio station in Detroit after my senior year in high school. And one of my partners, another intern, you know, we were just folding T-shirts, getting coffee and stuff. This kid named Pat was in a group with Sean. And he wasn't even named Big Sean yet. He was he was just Sean. And sometimes he would go by Sean the Don. Mm -hmm. And basically he introduced me to Sean. And I started doing some beats for him. And basically, they let me in their crew. They had a crew called Finally Famous. And they let me in the crew. They had this little ceremony. And they would put all this money on the ground. And they would stand on one side. And you were on the other. You had to jump over the money. And then it was basically wow. a symbolic, like, brothers before money, you know. And then I went to Duke. Wow. And then Sean had already met Kanye. But... They, they were kind of just talking to each other. And basically, he when I think our sophomore year, he signed to Good Music and Def Jam. Was he one of Mind the first? Mind you, in, in, go ahead. Not to cut you off. Was he one of the first signees to Good Music? No, I think John Legend was already signed there. GLC was probably signed there. Um, but... You know, my when I knew Sean in Detroit in those summers, like he would come over to my mom's house. We record, we freestyle all the time. We never battle, but we're always freestyling. And um, there was a station, the radio station we worked at had Friday Night Cipher. So that was when local MCs from Detroit could go on the air and just rap. It wasn't a battle, but everyone could just rap, just rap yeah. on, on the radio. And I'd go on there with him, and you know, it's hip hop, so like. I always thought I was the best dude. Yeah. I always thought I was the best dude. Not like I wasn't, you know, trying to hurt anyone else or take anyone down, but I'm in the room like I'm the best guy here. Always. So fast forward to sophomore year, Sean, Sean signs his record deal. And I'm like, I'm going to do that too. For sure. Because I'm better than him. You know, 
I probably wasn't better than him, but that's how I thought at the time. And so just him living his life. And then he, you know, he came down to do a couple of times. He had a Jesus chain that Kanye gave him. I think stuff. I met him. I think I met him with you for the first time. Yeah, he like, probably did, man. He would let me wear the chain around school. Girls were like, that's a fake chain. I'm like, no, it's not. You do. <laughs> and I just knew I was going to do it. And that, it, uh, that's when it happened, you know, from, from that switch in my mind. It was only about eight months later that I got a record deal, too. You know, I had a meeting with Jay-Z, too. And it was because of Sean that he showed me, you know, you can, this is possible. Before him, it all seemed a million miles away. So I went into everything with it's a million miles away energy. Whereas after that, I went into everything with, I'm about to, this is happening energy. And, and it did. And so I really believe, you know, you get what you think about, you get what you believe. And if you could see it in your head, you got much like, you know, bigger chance of seeing it with your eyes. And so then the question is, how, how do you, how do you, uh, bars, bars, <laughs> how do you, how do you, <laughs> how do you see it with your head? If you don't have big Sean or you don't know, Mike, you know, how, how do you, and that is also possible, you know, that is also is. possible, but it takes repetition like anything else, you know, you, you, that's why I like to meditate. And also I like to visualize. And that's why sometimes I'll go on walks and just repeat the same sentence in my head. Like I'm Mike Posner, I'm going to blank until wow. I start to believe this shit, you know? And it's like, it's irrational and it's unrealistic. It's all those things that, it's a pipe dream. It's all of those things until it happens in real life. And everyone goes, wow, how'd you do that? You know? And it's like, well, I brainwashed myself into believing I was going to do it. And then I start to actually do it. So I don't believe you can just do mental work and it'll happen. I believe you have to do mental work and then take action from there. You do have to actually show up. You know, I don't think you just make your, your freaking mood board and, you know, watch Netflix. That's not going to work either. You know? <laughs> so yeah, it's a the thing is if you, if you make a mood board and then like, even what you're talking about, like you're pro reprogramming the subconscious. Like I've been preaching about, I just learned about this, just learned about this a year or just this year, last few years, you know, fascinated with it. Everything you just said, spot on how I feel, but it was ironic to me slash a hurdle I needed to get over um, was like, it didn't make sense to me that, or at least initially, it didn't make sense to me that the idiot version of me at fucking night at 21, who just was like, oh, I'm gonna be a rapper and I'm gonna do it because I can do it. How the fuck did that, that was innately, what is that saying? You know, what is it saying that the guy that didn't think about much thought about it right? Or believed it to be believed like it I just means on that one topic you didn't have any resistance towards that. But I also had it with base. It was why, like, bro, I'm from Rhode Island, like it's it's the opposite of a baseball powerhouse, like and 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 everybody, everyone was like, dude, you know, like like I had these ridiculous numbers, bro. Like 
my 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 high school numbers like if i were to read them out loud like even when i look at them i laugh like i had you know like a fuck these crazy numbers and and then you know i just remember people be like the undertone of like yeah but like you know it's rhode island like you know like is you really going to be a big leaguer like i remember kids saying that to me in front of my house and i was just really genuinely remember like feeling like yeah i am you know and i didn't have these doubts at all yeah and then i you know when i, I go to duke and they're like you know I, I wasn't very highly touted to duke either like there was guys on 10 guys they brought in that year and i was like on the lower third of like oh these guys these guys could be pros the top i wasn't in that group and then I go there and I, bro, to this day, I have the lowest ERA in Duke history. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I had a crazy year. And I remember thinking, dude, I remember thinking, I just threw a pitch to this dude who's going to be a first rounder. He went on Buster Posey. He's been a big leaguer for a long time. I threw a 2-0 fastball that wasn't that hard and wasn't that great. Like I knew I didn't let it fly. I kind of babied it in to throw a strike because I was behind. And I throw the pitch and I'm just like, he grounds out to shortstop. And I, I remember right then thinking, I was like, how the fuck did he not just hit that a mile? You know what I mean? Like my entire season, I had these moments of like, it was like a last hurrah, like, cause it was the last time I was ever healthy again. So a lot of these things just went my way. You know what I mean? My point is like, I had all this, I had all this, like, it was like I was wired right first as a kid and I think there's some truth to that like when you when when you're a kid you know like they talk about the way kids think a lot of it is in an ideal way they're very much in the moment um and I you know when I realized later like just just a, this year too like you know there there's a lot of self-doubts that have crept their way into like the way I think a lot of the time even if I'm very you know I've you could be regarded as successful and we've definitely exceeded like our own expectations and shit you know, but like the fact I, it was like the realization that like, oh, wait, I have to like, I didn't even know reprogramming your subconscious was a thing, you know, so I, I try to share it. No, I, I got to do that. <laughs> now, that's another thing I got to get good at. Fuck. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> oh, man. But it's uh, it's been a like, you know, I don't know how to handle that at first. I was kind of like saddened by the fact that I was like, oh, I've digressed in the way I think. Like, maybe maybe not man because it's like it's topic by topic that's the thing yeah you know what i mean i i guarantee you there's certain things in your life i don't know what they are because in your head that you have no doubts about and are the same way that you thought about baseball you know what i mean and then there's other ones yeah that that aren't you know right and so that's the game you know i mean i think the th the things that matter to you you know and me it's worth taking the time to clean those up for sure. And and the awareness is the where it starts. So, okay, I, I got some doubts here, whatever. I'm not thinking about this the right way. So starting with that is that's awesome, man. It's awesome. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, well, and conversely, I guarantee young Mike has some has some sloppy topics back then. Too. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, yeah, just baseball I'm, wasn't one of them. Yeah. Right. It's it's not it's not like it's when I say it was like a comp it was just but like yeah I would to do I would reframe how you think about that whole thing I'm a natural you're a natural at, at this yeah. stuff you know look I used to do that then and I didn't even know what I was doing I think you know? you're right I think you're right sir.
I think, you know, I think, I think I believe that through and through, but it's also, you were just talking about this, the law of attraction and how you viewed it. It's exactly how I view it. I just, what I'm saying is I never did it before. I, I didn't, you know, when I was that natural or, and I just you knew did I did it. You just didn't know you were doing it. That's the thing. Didn't do it consciously is the way of saying it. Yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. So I'm so reprogramming my subconscious. One Me of the either, by the way. I didn't know about what that stuff was in, in college. I didn't know till when my stuff was starting to, I, like, I was beginning the shelving period. And I, and I hadn't seen Sean for a while because we were both by that time touring. Mm -hmm. And he had just, it was, so it was weird because he got signed first and then my stuff blew up first. Yeah. No, I, I remember this. kind of awkward because he was always like kind of the big brother to me, even though we're the same age. But then my stuff fizzled out and then he, he started to have a lot of success. And when he his first big song was a song Chris Brown called My Last. Yep, and I, I saw him around then the song was blowing. And Sean was like, people don't realize he was he was a horse's hair away from getting dropped. You know, he had been signed to Def Jam for five years or something like that. And just nothing was happening. And right. basically somehow he got a lot better. His music started to get way better. And then he had this song with Chris Brown and just started blowing up. Mm -hmm. And I remember he, I hadn't seen him for a while cause we'd both been traveling and stuff. And he invited me to the studio. I think to, uh, What's that studio in LA? It's on Santa Monica that they built for Michael Jackson. Bad. I forget. It has all I'm the I'm not, in front. I'm not I know good, you've been there. I I'm bet you've good, been there. I'm not a good good studio reference because I, I work in my house. I, Me like too, I, usually. I guarantee you've been there. But, uh, I always forget the name of it. Anyways, I go to the studio there and it's like he was glowing. I don't know what the... what. I, I know you've probably been around somebody everybody has in your life where their vibe is just so good, man. It's just fun being around them. Even you, you leave and you go home and you still feel good. Yeah. And I remember I came back the next day. I go, dude, what the, what's up <laughs> with you, man? Like I'd known them by that time for yeah. like, five, six years, you know? And at one point we were best friends, you know, we, we, we're, we still love each other now, but we don't talk as much. Right. But I was like, dude, what's going on with you, man? You're just like, everything's going right in your life on the outside. And then also on the inside, I'm hanging out with you. And it just seems like you're vibrating really high energy. Mm -hmm. I don't know how, how to say it. It just it feels good being around you. Yeah. And he gave me, he was like, man, you got to read these two books. And he told me to read The Alchemist and Ask and It Is Given. And that's all about the law of attraction. And that's, that's. I guess concretely the moment that I started to have a spiritual part of my life. Cause before that it was no, I didn't really believe in anything outside of just what I saw. I was just going to ask when, what, what you're like, what is, was there a time in your life where like the spirituality or the law of attraction came into your life and you actually got introduced to it. So Sean was actually the dude who did that. He was on it, man. And he used to, wow. I don't know if he still does, but he used to take his copy of that book everywhere with him. The everywhere. No, uh, asking it is asking given. Asking is given, yeah. And 
I need to read I that. I remember reading I the book, read like, dang, this shit's working for him, man. Maybe I should try it out. You know? Yeah. And that was it, man. That was wow. it. Crazy. You actually got to meet Ramdas. I didn't know that. That was, yeah, that was life changing. That was life changing. In, the, in a very similar way, because basically, one of my best friends, his name is Milo, and um, his mom got, was sick. She was dying of cancer. And she had some sort of a friendship with Ramdas, and she, she and Milo were supposed to go visit him on Maui where he lived before she died. But basically, she got too sick, couldn't go, and she and she she died. Mm-hmm. And Milo said, "Hey, man, you know, I'm still gonna go on the trip. I'd like you to go with me." I said, "Man, are you are you sure?" He said, "Yeah." So he took me. And we went to Maui. We spent a couple of days, made a trip out of it on the third day or something. We go to go to Ramdas' house. And by this time, Ramdas is old, you know, he's he's passed on since. Mm-hmm. But he had had a stroke. Anyways, we go to his house and he, you know, he's in like a some sort of motorized chair. And, you know, half his body is kind of dead, doesn't wow. work because he had from a stroke, you know. Mm-hmm. And he spoke to us. And he basically said a bunch of things I'd heard him say before. Um, and, but there was something in the way he looked at us, like he just loved us so much. And I remember he asked us what we did, each of our jobs. And we could, it, it felt like we could have said, yeah, we're, you know, we're serial killers. And he just would have loved it. He would have loved us no matter what. It was this weird type of, I guess they would call it unconditional love. Like he's sitting there looking at us like I never felt anything like it. And we spoke for about 40 minutes. He said one thing that really resonated with me, which was, you know, all day long, you're in your mind, you're thinking, I, I like this. I don't like that. I love this. I don't love this. He goes, you're always categorizing stuff. And it would be a lot easier for you if you just loved everything. He goes, it's much less tiring. And I remember that stuck out. Everything else I'd heard him say before. And then he said, okay, it's time for you to go. It's about 45 minutes. I remember I got up, I kissed his forehead. And I walked out. And my boys, our other friend Vic was there too. We walked out. It was the three of us. We walked out the door of the house. I looked outside and I felt like I had taken all the drugs. Like the I was in love with the sky. I was in love with the grass. I was in love with the rusty. Fin- I felt totally connected to everything. And I did. I didn't. I, I remember ke- almost just kind of keeling over, and I wanted to cry. And I remember thinking. I hope I feel like this when I wake up tomorrow. You know, I, I went to bed, I woke up, and I felt normal again. I thought, oh shit, you know. But it was life changing for this reason, which was I felt like here was a guy, Ram Das, who seemed like he just did the the spiritual work. You know, he did the meditation. You know, he did he did all the stuff for decades, and you hear about all this stuff. You read about it, you know, you read the power now, whatever. But for me, it's always a thing. It's still sometimes, you know, thinking, is this bullshit? You know, 
that day I realized this is not bullshit. I mean, I, I just sat with an old dude and he basically gave me a a mushroom high from just being in the room with him. You know, it was it was like the feeling that I got from Sean, but turned up even more. And so I just thought. I should be doing the work to become like that. And there's nothing really more important for me to do than that. And and it was a real mo- kind of change in my life. So these these decisions I make, whatever they, while they may look weird on the outside or bold on the outside, oh, he's was a musician. He did it. Well, I look at this guy's life, you know, and like he had he had chapters like that too. He was a Harvard professor. Then he started studying LSD with Tim Leary. There, they fired him. Then he went to India and study under his guru came back and was lecturing and you know it's a real big reason why we have a lot of these kind of studies and and this knowledge in america now is he brought it brought a lot of that's stuff how, back. that's how i that's how i found out who he was through like that the lsd stuff the yeah like- and uh he just um i thought you know i i, I need to get on that path and so i'm trying i i guess with my art and my music and the weird decisions I make, there is a thread to them. And it's kind of a Ram Das thread, which is I'm trying to get closer to being that guy, you know? And um and my music, my walk, the things I'm working on, they all they all kind of in, hopefully in service of that, you know. Wow. That's crazy. That's insane. What year was that? That must have been about five years ago. Yeah. Five, five, five years ago, five, six years ago. Are you, like uh, you know, th- there's something special going on. We're not going to necessarily touch on, but I want to know where you are now on this journey of one. I think you answered a lot. I had a question, but I think you've been answering a lot of it just throughout this conversation. Um, as far as now and and looking at life and and you know being more of an adult you know just being in a place where you've you've had some year, you've had some phases to your life you know what i mean there's you've lived you're actually like too many. you're much wiser than i was what i'm saying is like you're, you're you're further along than a lot of people in that aspect there's been there's been phases man you've been crushing it though man you've been crushing it uh and i i want to i want to know how how you're looking at it now what uh you know on this journey is that you know what is it for what 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 do you think this is for what do you think it's for what's what's like get, what gets your rocks off about when you when you are happy when you are is it still making the art um also part of it is just like where do you want i i, I guess all these things that you've all these steps you've taken um, and the literal steps across America, all those things, what have they added up to? And I want, I want, I want to say that I feel like you're coming from a place where a lot of these our listeners, my listeners, you know, you've done a lot more, especially in this spiritual play. Like I try to talk and lean spiritual because I think a lot of these, I want a lot of people to hear this shit and, under, and like hear from people who aren't 75-year-old spiritual teachers. But you're like, dude, you're very... For our age group, 
you know, I regard you as that in that sense. Like, you have a lot of it. This, Something there. No, for real, though. And and these things, like, that's shit I want to experience. You know, I'd love, like, a lot of our time here, we spend watching podcasts with, like, people we find inspirational. You know, speaking from a place of experience. And I think you're speaking from a place of experience at an early age. I think that's a really interesting opportunity. Um, and I think you understand that. I think you're doing that. I just want to know where you are now and, uh, you know, and just are there any things since then, since that Ram Dass experience you've really arrived at that, like, just help you go day to day in a peaceful way? Like, what are the things you feel yeah. like? Well, a couple of things, man. First of all, I really want to be honest. You know, life is life is life is hard for me, at least. You know, and I, I, you're you're right. I've done a bunch of this stuff. You know, trying to figure things out, but still, life is life is hard. You know, for me, most time that I wake up, even after doing all this stuff in my meditation every day and whatnot. I, I don't, I would say I don't feel great more than half the time, you know? And so how do I, how do I create a life that knowing that, or, you know, knowing that's going to be part of it, that I still want to do, I still want to do it because I still want to show up, you know, because a lot of times I don't, man. I just think like, this, this sucks, man. This is boring. Like, I hear you you know and, and so i just want to be really real about that like that's that's mike that's mike posner's default mode you know that's that's like how i wake up most of the time and so to answer your question i want to i want to live a life that i'm proud of you know i want to be proud of myself so i set goals for myself that are inspiring to me you know then it doesn't and we, we're each on our own path you know so it doesn't matter to me if Joe Schmo or whoever thinks walking across America is cool or not is really cool to me. And that make me want to live, you know, it makes me want to live. And that that's really the bottom line is, you know, I, I, I'm the same way. I listen to tons of podcasts, always YouTube and looking for something that's going to give me that hit. Yeah. And at some point I got tired of, of being inspired and I wanted to be inspiring. You know, and I'm I'm still I still listen to all those things, but it's like okay, you, you know, you can listen to all these guys, or you could try to become one of them. Mm -hmm. You know, channel it, channel it, and then yeah, then you start to find out a lot of them are maybe full of shit, and they haven't actually done anything; they're just good <laughs> at talking. You know, <laughs> yeah. Usually, like those are we find we latch on to like one or two or three guys, like we know, but that's that's a huge part of it because like when you said something earlier though about it being bullshit. Like, is this like that, that fucking voice in your head when you're, when you go down this path and it's that voice of rationale, like this, it's that voice of like where we grew up, the neighborhood. And they'd be like, the fuck are you talking about? Law of attraction, bro, just go to shut up and fuck. Yeah. Up. I don't think you want to lose that either because some people are right. bullshit, you mm -hmm. know? So I think it's good to have, you know, some skepticism here and there. And, and, and basically you know, it was a whole different topic, but. We we basically grown up being lied to incessantly, you know, like every advertisement we saw when we were kids, they put the cartoon characters on the cereal boxes, you know, this is good for you, it's, you know, so we have a, we have a built in, I think our generation of built in skepticism 
of, of everything, you know, a, a built-in cynicism that kind of just came with growing up in America when we did. And um, that can be of service sometimes and, and not sometimes. And, and you got you got sus through that. But yeah, man, it's just um I'm just trying to I'm just trying to be become somebody I'm proud of, you know, period. When I look back, you know. I think that's a really cool way of putting it, bro. I think that's I think that's spot on. We'll talk about it. I was talking about it. We can kind of end around this, but it's a it's a really fun it's a really hard thing. But it's a really fun, you know, when some things are, are hard, but there's like a certain cheer to it because you know what could be on the other end of it. You know, yes. it's like that when you start realizing that choosing your values and like, the, uh, like when you start arriving at like, oh, these are the things that are important. You know, like instead of if you never acquire it, it's always just that like, oh, man, if I got that money, then. I'd be good, you know, and then I'd be happy. We'd be safe, secure. But like when you live a life that you actually get get there and then you go through the pain of realizing, wait, this isn't it. The confusion that comes along with that. You said disillusion was a good word. When I had that, I've had that, I've been going through that, you know? So it's really when I said the word invigorating earlier, like arriving at the fact that like, hey, wait, the most important thing is like I want to, I want to be a good fucking person. I want to make myself proud. I want to work on myself so that I can trim, I could edge out as much of the negativity as possible. I want to learn to love things for at love a lot more than I love, you know, because I was a very narrow-minded like athlete. I liked what I liked, you know. And all of those things, all of these things, you know, I, I'm I'm behind you on that journey, but I and I mean that. And it's just like it's nice to hear it put that way, but making yourself proud is really what it's like. We talked, we, my boy said it earlier, like that term, like whatever helps you sleep at night, you know? And like yeah. when you fucking do it, when you are, you know, you're trying to be your best and you're working on it and it's an honest work, you know? But when you know you're, you're putting your best foot forward and with the right intentions and your values are in the right place, you could sleep at night. And that peace that comes with that is kind of what that, I think that's what you feel when you sit with Ramdas. He has, he has an unbelievable peace and you can feel that we are vibrations. He's vibrating way higher than everyone. I and guess I think, so, man. <laughs> I think your journey of what you're saying is like, that. I feel that way. Like, I feel like I'm vibrating higher than I used to be. I'm nowhere near these fucking guys, but like at least... I, I know when I go outside and I go for a walk, I like look at the plants and shit. And I'm like, it's, it's great, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and I try to, I like, I'm a, a weird candidate for this type of, cause it's really against like what the, you thought Mike Stud was. And I'm not Mike Stud anymore. It's Mike now. And that, there's a big part of it. it was like, I can't even identify with that person. You, you know, know like, exactly. It's just not, not that I was a bad person. Like I was always nice to people and like, you know, but it, it was just the fact that, it's like a new, you, you said you walked out and you like looked at the plants after you spoke with him. You're like, I'm seeing a whole new world, you know? And I, I want, as much as I've, I've had these, those experiences and I've had those high, I've had days where I'm really high and I'm like, this is amazing. And then I wake up sad, you know, two days later. So it's like, it's not that there's some big arrival. Like it's not, 
you you set you put it in you just put it in perspective really well though. It's just like show up, show up every day, you know, like the best you can to yourself. You know, it's not walking across the country, but it's getting out of bed, being nice to people, fucking doing. And then you, it's like, you know, a video game that you have to beat. And like, if you show up and you fucking beat those levels of just not giving in to the wrong things and, you know, working on yourself and trying to go the right way, you arrive at a place where Ram Das is. I mean, he's obviously an, an outlier and a spiritual teacher and guru, but like that peace that comes along with that. And I think you're on that journey. I think you're doing way better than you. <laughs> you're doing way better than you recognize because it's Dude. you and that's, that's the curse of being <laughs> know. human. You, you, know? you spend the day inside here, you might not say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you, bro. I hear you. But uh, no, and I think people need to get their roses. Well, you know, I, that's something I have am not good at. Like I've just in a undertone of competitiveness um even like a guy like drake who like un went out of his way one night unbelievably to like share be kind and like say nice things to me that inspired me to keep going you know and he didn't even know that but i'd find myself not even really like being a fan like oh that's whatever i think drake should like like i have any fucking say in what drake should be doing he's the goat you know like but it was like a little undertone of that and i'm like that's crazy because that dude went out of his way to fucking inspire me in a in a position, you know. But when he, bro, he did the same thing when I was walking. He just DM me something really nice. Guy's a sweetheart. Out of nowhere. What, what did, did he, he say? Just written. He was like, "Man, I've been seeing your things online. It's been inspiring to me. You know, just it gave me a boost too." And I was like, "Really? Just yeah." When I was way to say something really nice, you know, he could just. Seen, I was doing and not said anything for sure. I'm sure he's a very busy guy, you know. <laughs> yeah, guy knows about everything. Like you know, like everyone. That's that's really says a lot. Yeah, it, it was cool. I was like, hey, Drake knows I'm walking sick. Yeah, dude. To be honest, like maybe you weren't that tuned into it because you you shouldn't have been or couldn't be. But like, it was exciting. I, I like I you know just as somebody who even then like. It took me a while. I had to get to this spiritual place where I started looking at myself to even realize like, whoa, Mike, you, that's why I wanted to start this conversation the way I did is like, you were a part of, weirdly a part of, 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 of the, my decision-making and this, like even me sitting here talking to you as the person you see. That's cool, man. Well, really. I appreciate that. Another thing is, man, you're not behind anything. You keep saying you're behind me. You're not behind anything because your, your journey and you sharing about it is uniquely yours, but also the people listening to this that have been right with you for however many years, yeah. they're going to relate to your journey in a way like you're going to touch people. I will never touch and Ram Dass will never touch it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you're, you're an artist. You felt the, you know, same way, same way. Like we, we've, we feel in our heart, oh, we should do this melody or do this flow on this song. You felt that you felt, man, I need, I need to leave LA and go to Nashville. And who knows what that's going to turn into. Right. And that journey, you're sharing your journey is going to reverberate out in ways you, you won't see either. You're not behind nothing. You know, we're all just, yeah. yeah what's this thing? This thing said, so dude, I'm renting this house. It's in Colorado. It's a condo. I'm renting it. And the guy rented it from, he took all the art out because I asked him to. 
and um, he left this one. The picture I keep showing up. This one, this one picture in the whole house. He go, he it was on the thing. I go, Ram Dass. He left it up. He goes, That's yeah, so I heard weird. you, heard you like him or something. Oh, okay. And he goes, I actually knew him. He said, you know, when my mom was dying, he's older than us. He said, when my mom was dying, um, he talked to my mom and stuff. And uh, I love what it says. We should probably, maybe we should end with this on this picture. It says, we're all just walking each other home. We're all just walking each other home. And that's something he used to say, man. Sheesh. So. Yeah, I think that that's a good ending point, sir. Yeah, and I pre- I'll just also add, I want I appreciate you you having me on and and having this discussion. I appreciate it was a really you, cool man. discussion. We could have went a lot of different ways. Yeah, this, this was discussion a was great, and that's what I, what I felt we were doing. You know, just sharing notes on the journey, man. So. Yeah, hell yeah! Well, you've done a great job. Keep doing it, man. Keep doing it. If someone Likewise. needs if someone needs to give you a kick in the ass, I'll be the guy. You should keep going, sir. Good. You know what I mean? For sure. I appreciate you, bro. You got uh, it, Mike. Let's uh let's let's definitely do a better job of staying in touch. For sure, man. Hit me in. Got it. Got it. All right. Later, bro. That was awesome. Peace.